What are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls. Lorcas! Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. The podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or t- today I'm Spooky Tom, and scary Ooh, lotus whoa, whoa 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 i wasn't i wasn't briefed about any spooky tom what's mm-hmm. i'll be spooky tom oh, you can be scary oh, lotus the scary lotus right, my co-host right. because it is spooptober and we're done talking about daedric princes which are pretty spoopy yeah i was gonna say several of them kind of fit the fit the mo before we even got into spooptober yeah yeah but a few years ago, I did like an entire month of Spooptober, and so we had to squeeze at least one weekend of something that is particularly creepy. And Lotus, Lotus, I'm going to paint you another picture. I enjoy, I'm, <laughs> I'm having fun doing this. I'm going to paint. Right. I'm going to paint you a picture. My mind's easel is prepped. All right. So before we before we reveal the focus of this spooky episode, I want you to imagine that you are a, you're a Nord. You're a Nord. In the cold, the cold north of Skyrim, and you and your family are settling down to a nice, warm meal of sweet rolls. And out in the snow, you hear footsteps through the snow. And you're like, what is that? It's dark out. Why would there be something out? It's late. It's dark. And then you open the door. You don't see anything. And then around the back of the house, you hear like it's digging a hole. I'm on the edge of my seat. And you go in the back of the house and you see in front of you a small group of human sized creatures with no noses and pointy ears. And they're not goblins. And immediately they look at you. Without opening their eyes because they didn't actually see you coming. They only heard you coming. And they pull out their crude weapons. And you manage to fend them off. You scare them off. You're a mighty warrior of a, of a Nord. And the next day you go back there and you see the remnants of the hole that they were digging and, and what they were doing. But in the dark, it was very hard to see these pale creatures. And so you tell your friends, Hey, Hey, or can, can you do a Nord voice? Uh, <clears throat> hey, <laughs> great! <laughs> so you, you go, you go tell your your friend uh, Halberd. Halberd, last night, did you see anything in the snow? Oh right, and, I forgot. We're Swedish. Yeah, <laughs> Halberd's like, what do you mean, Lotus? And then you're like, I swear, there are ghosts, noseless ghosts in the snow. And this is how the story of 
the ghost things get spread. All right, cool. We should work on the title of of the end of that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but outside that, all right, all right, I, I, okay, all right. Yeah, but really, what you saw was a Falmer, and for a very long period of time, the Falmer. Nobody really knew what the Falmer were. The Nords were being invaded on what they thought was their land by these goblin-looking things. And they came up with all sorts of different names for them, but they didn't actually know what they were. And this is the thing that I love the most about the the story about the Falmer. I mean, and we're going to get into it. There's some really dark stuff that goes on and why the Falmer were the Falmer. But basically, they called them snow ghosts. And so you would have told your friend, hey, have you, you know, we were attacked by snow ghosts last night. And your friend would be like, oh, that's scary. But I'm a Nord, so I'm not scared. So I refuse to be scared about this. (laughs) But But the idea to them is, I mean, other than their creation is super messed up, which we'll get into. They're they're just like one of those, it went, well, less bump in the night, more bump in the snow, but still. Sure, sure. Yeah, they're, they're just, they're creepy. And, you know, since the majority of the population of Earth at this point has played uh, Skyrim, I assume more than... More than a few people have encountered these these creepos, no, snow ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love the, the the fact that that was one of the titles that the Nords used. And so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure most of you who have played Skyrim have come across the Falmer. You've dug down into the earth. You've come across these creepy creatures. You figure it out that they don't actually see you, but they hear you when you move around, and they respond to the things they're hearing, which is really cool. The way that that actually works in the game, and. You may have wondered, well, what what are the Falmer? What where did they come from? And if you read through the lore and and listen to some of the dialogue in the in the game, you you eventually learn uh, through some of the quest lines that these were snow elves. This was an entire race of elves, at just like any other race of elves, high elves or dark elves or or dwemer, and they we're in a tough situation and we have to go back to the Merithic era in the Merithic era. You have the snow elves have settled in the North. They're up in, in Skyrim and they live on top of the land and underneath the land in Skyrim and in Morrowind, you have the Dwemer. And then all of a sudden there's a bunch of mannish creatures that just start showing up from across the sea. The needs start showing up and eventually they become the Nords, right? And they want that land for themselves because they don't have anywhere else to go. So you end up with this conflict between the Falmer, who are the snow elves. And that's what Falmer means is just snow elf. It's right. not it's not a name that was given to them once they turned into these terrible looking creatures. And they started losing the battle because the Nords were fearsome foes. You're going to say they- something to yeah, the the other thing is, which we can do an episode entirely on <laughs> the ancient Falmer, as the kind of referred to as the older version of them before we'll get into their their it, current form evolution. I was going <laughs> to yeah. say it's not really so much an evolution as a de evolution uh, of of their race, but related to them, there was a pretty long standing war between the the needs and and the falmer the ancient falmer the ancient falmer the, the snow elves and the snow elves yeah. were losing that battle they were they, they, they were, were the losing they end had, of it they they were known as being pretty fierce you know adversaries for a while but 
unfortunately with their level of cruelty to start with which is ironic with how their whole existence comes to be um they you know like i said we'll get more into it in a snow elf episode but some of their cruelty led to such brutal and like just extreme retribution from the nords and the needs so like it it's it's strange it almost comes full circle with them right you, you know from the from their original being to their creation which we're about to get into right right it's it's like they kind of uh what's it called where you reap what you sow right they they reaped yeah, what yeah, they kind sowed of. kind of so they end up losing the the combat the the, the battles with the Nords. Uh, there's even stories about how like Iskramor cut off their noses in order to n- make sure that he could tell them apart from any other, uh, other elf. And of course that stuff sounds apocryphal. It sounds kind of like mythology, right? But the fact that they were losing this seems to be hard lore facts. They were losing. And so they decided to put aside their conflict with the Dwemer because the Dwemer didn't really get along with anybody. And they said, listen, you're elves, we're elves. Maybe we can work out something and we can help each other out here in order to fight back the Nords. And the Dwemer weren't as bothered by the Nords because they lived mostly underground. They didn't have to deal with mostly what the Nords were doing. And there's some, there's some conflict between the Nords and the Dwemer. But at this point... But not the same degree by not any Not the means, same degree. Because they're not sharing equal... You know, it, it's not a battle over equally looked for land. Like right. the Dwemer are you know beneath basically where the nords want the nords don't want to dig down into the earth necessarily to live down there right so there's way less conflict where you know the landing question is definitely more of a hot topic between the two people both trying to live there and not being capable of getting along with each other for more than like 10 minutes right right so the Falmer were desperate and they decide okay well we need to team up with the dwemer with the Dwemer's help, maybe we can push back the Nords. But they had the most to lose, and they were at the losing side of this conflict. And so the Dwemer took advantage of it. And basically, the negotiation went something like this. We will help you out, but you have to work for us. And if you're going to work for us, then we get to basically eventually evolved into slavery. And on top of that, they took advantage of the situation and fed them a toxic fungi that slowly damaged their evolution over time. It seems like this may have taken a few generations, but over time, they lost their eyesight because of this. Right. And with the way that the Dwemer are known for being so methodical in these stories and calculating, and really it's kind of, you know, almost devoid of any moral compass in many situations, it seemed very much like, hey, how can we twist this to our advantage? No, no, we'll totally help you. Come on down. But we're going to need you to, you know, pay your fair share. And the whole time while they're there, it's like, oh, how can we subtly turn this from like this being a thing where you help us to just, yeah, you're not going anywhere because you physically can't. And now we just have karma slaves. Right. We've got these underground creatures that can't see so they can live in the dark. We can feed them whatever we want. Toxic fungi. They've they've now become slaves. And so over time, the Falmer lose the war with the Nords. The, The deal with the Dwemer doesn't work out. And eventually they become enslaved to the Dwemer. And then you have the moment where the Dwemer disappear from all existence. So you have all of these locations across Skyrim and Morrowind where the Falmer are living enslaved by the Dwemer underground and all of a sudden their masters disappear. 
but they are not the same thing that they were when they worked out this deal. They're still intelligent creatures, but their society has completely changed. They can't see their their bodies have morphed into these goblin esque like creatures. They're hunched over. They they don't even have the same semblance of of language because it's just not the same as what they were. Enough time has gone by. And all of this happens between like the Merthic era and the first era of the world. And so now you have the second era, the third era, all the way to the events of Skyrim of these Falmer living underground in their own societies, not needing to come to the surface unless they want to. And then when they do, so much time has passed that none of the Nords that are alive anymore even recognize them for what they originally were. And so you, it goes back to the story I was giving at the beginning. You have this situation where these creatures are showing up randomly and at first very sparsely throughout history. Just kind of on occasion, you would get the story of a snow ghost or maybe somebody thought it was a vampire or maybe somebody thought it was a goblin. And these weird stories of strange creatures that go bump in the night. Turns out that they used to be a noble and mighty race of snow elves and they've been set low and now live underground and seem like these Crete monstrous creatures that just come out every so often. Well, the other thing that's interesting um, before we like press too far forward as that, you know, they they've been around for literally thousands of years at, at this, at this point um, before the Dwemer were wiped from from the plane of Nurn, like you had mentioned, one thing that's interesting um, is that basically they, as we had mentioned, to flee the battle with the Nords, they went down into the Dwemer mines and all that and uh, were essentially enslaved again. But then actually, uh, they actually had a rebellion against the Dwemer as well, more or less just from you know years of enslavement and i'm guessing they it's one of those things where your other senses pick up as yeah. as you lose senses right. and that's very apparent in games because they borderline have sight their hearing is so good right <laughs> um, right yeah you can sneak I, I, right in front of them if you're quiet enough and your and your sneak skill is very high and you're right. very quiet and, and slow in your movement but but it's really, for the most part, their their hearing, their directional hearing is so good they can essentially see you. In fact, they uh, can even cast spells like, and and shoot arrows right. at things in the dark that they can't see and still right. hit it's them. It's almost like a form of radar type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, it's a good point from Rob. It's yeah. Actually, they have archers. Right. <laughs> it's like um, yeah. That's that's blind that's archers like really, and magic right. users so just like, throwing fireballs at and, things and they hear. With the, I mean, I mean. All the mer have that you know larger pointed ears in the series type of thing, but you can almost think of it as like bats with sonar mm -hmm. with with a lot of these, and uh, and their ears are even bigger and more like they, out. They are they're honed a little more, right? They um, kind of stick further off of their heads. So, so I wouldn't be surprised that vibe. Yeah, um, yeah, that and, might play into it. That that's one of the things that I assume that as their sight degraded as a result of the abuse of the Dwemer um, and their other senses picked up, that was where they kind of like formed their own rebellion. Uh, they referred to as the betrayed type of thing. And uh, again, it's actually referred to specifically as the war of the crag. And it was kind of interesting because specifically 
those that they fled from the nords above who basically like hey cool we got all this land now looks like looks like we're good to go no more no more snow elves it's really interesting to think that below them the same people they pushed out are now <laughs> battling the people who quote unquote saved them and that was going on they had totally oblivious to it they're yeah. just like wreaking havoc down there there's a whole different civil war going on below them while they think everything's fine upstairs so it's it's really weird that's just like unfortunately you know the different races uh, tamriel it's it's a rough place the arena f- <laughs> idea from arena uh-huh. was a good i you know it's definitely a theme they've stuck with where everything is like oh it's so pretty also life is brutal and everything is awful all the time right. and amongst the pretty sites so it's interesting to the former and ancient former or you know betrayed version of the former have essentially just been like after their initial reign just you know a whipping race unfortunately where it's just like oh man just one horrible thing another horrible thing another horrible thing it's like yeah they they've had a rough existence yeah yeah there's uh, it's it's been a rough existence and so currently and for the last few ages of the world for the last few eras they live underground and they build these little shacks they've got like disheveled clothing they do have those among them who can still cast magic as you come across them uh, in combat, you you find that out pretty quick. Um, they also have uh, a certain type of animal that they like to cultivate for their own reasons, and um, these these are the uh, what are they called the the charis the chorus the charis and the shell bugs, which makes yeah. sense. So like this is like their cattle, and it hadn't occurred to me that w- playing through the game that this functions in that way. I kind of thought and if you actually look at the structure of the buildings that they have these like pens and kennels for them. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, Oh, it's like they're dogs or something. No, these, this is their cattle. This is what they, they grow and then eventually kill and then eat. This is their food source. Or or use as forms of (laughs) forms of protection. Cause they're, they're pretty nasty to deal with. If you, if you, piss them off <laughs> right right so they they keep a bunch of these animals underground they use they don't have a whole lot of resources underground it's not like they can chop down trees or things and things like fungus that grow underground are not very strong and so a lot of their equipment that they use is made out of charis parts parts of like shells and claws and bone and and these kinds of things and they've pieced together their own little society now what's deceptive about this society is that you would assume that they wouldn't be very organized but one of the things that we're told is by the time of the events of the elder scrolls sky skyrim they they seem to be amassing in numbers larger than they've existed before they've thrived underground and there's even rumor that they might be plotting some sort of takeover of the surface that they're actually amassing numbers in order to have some sort of coordinated attack on the Nords, not just these little skirmishes where they just pop up on the surface every so often and run across a farmer or something, but an actual coming back to the surface. And we, we don't know much about this because we don't have a whole lot of like, you know, books written by the farmer explaining their plans and those kinds of things. But it's one of those things that's interesting about the way the lore plays out in that their numbers have increased and the danger has increased as well, which is really pretty cool. 
They also have, and this is cool, Lotus, they also have a uh, language and a actual um, alphabet. And this is something that I really didn't realize. So, like actually looking at the letters, and, and you guys will have to pull this up on your own. Just look up Falmer alphabet or Falmer, Falmer language, and you'll find that they're, they're kind of scribbles. They almost look like Daedric uh, letters, but they're, they're actually written out. And I would imagine that these were more for touching and feeling eventually I, as they lo- as they lost their sight but originally right, would I, have been visual I was going to say they, the they must be more of a carving style than like a you know a brush stroke thing because otherwise how, how would they be able to use it right, so i assume right. that whenever this is used it's almost like a different form of something like braille and instead of like a raised dot or something like that it's almost like a specific style of scratching maybe to to form these shapes like yeah. just yeah. using these characters might not be useful right and these letters and things were designed during the time of the the snow elves the ancient falmer when they could see but i could imagine that this is still something that they pass down to each other. They still communicate. They still have societies. There's still a level of intelligence among them. So to find these etchings and things is, you know, maybe they still read them. Maybe they still can understand the language. We don't really know. Again, it's one of those like mysterious things where like you can find old ancient monuments in places like where the Dwemer used to live, where the Falmer originally were with these letters. But who knows? Maybe the Falmer still communicate in ways that we don't understand. So it's one of those mysteries. It may not be a thing, but it might be a thing. And so I feel like it's worth mentioning. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, the Falmer are just super creepy in that, like, they are they are the scary things that go bump in the night. And they are that way because of because they were made into that because they didn't start that way. And that just by itself is is worth doing a creepy episode. Yeah, their their transformation is is very jarring, especially when you see what they looked like beforehand, which is very regal, very you know, very that's uh, very Altmer esque, mm-hmm. with just like you can tell that it's like a lot of civility and stuff amongst their culture, and then when you see what they end up with like thousands of years later, and it's like woof, that is quite the fall from grace so to speak yeah yeah and i can also see in the way that they look why some people might think they're vampires because they have kind of the they've got the pointy ears the sharp teeth the kind of gaunt pale faces yep they look kind of confusing mix a little bit bat like um i'm trying to remember back to it's so hard to go back right It's it's hard to remember like the first time i played skyrim and when i came across these for the first time what i thought they were i don't think i understood what they were at all I was like, oh, now I'm in some weird dungeon place and or like I think it was probably one of the quests where you start out in a location that's like a Dwemer ruin or something like that. But then as you get dig deeper, you go into the caverns underneath the ruin and then all of a sudden these things show up. Yeah, I remember thinking at first, like um, when playing through from best I can recall is I just just, I was like, oh, man, the goblins in this are messed up. Like until I realized it's like, nope, that's not the same thing. Right. And it's it's weird because they are humanoid shaped. So the question was like, I remember coming across them and thinking like, oh, these things are intelligent, but they're not really. But can they see? Can they not? It took me a little while to realize that, like, when I killed one and looked close enough that it didn't really have eyes. And I was like, are they 
are they able to see me? Are they because like you mentioned before, they respond so well as if they can see things sometimes, but they can't. So I remember like testing that out. Like if I shoot an arrow against the wall over there, does it turn and find me or does it go to where the arrow landed? Right. Like which sound is it responding to? Or is it, is there a visual here? Or if it's looking towards me and I move, like do I shoot or do something? Does it see me? Like how can I make a sound rather than, like, how do I know how to test this? You know, I just remember all of those questions about, like, how does this work? And then coming across their little huts, their little homes, and feeling like, well, these are meager, but these creatures actually make things. They, they've they created their own little world down here. And then as you get deeper and deeper into their settlements, you find more and more of them kind of nested together. And they're, yeah, and they're organized. Yeah, more complex. Yeah. Because I was going to say, some of the rope bridges they had connecting them and stuff like that, it's... That's... I would assume a long period of time in order to craft this stuff when you can't see it. Right. Right. Having this all come about and form these under underground cities and stuff like that. It's got to be such a time consuming thing, especially when, you know, you've got the area down in black reach and all that under Skyrim. And, um, you know, they explore a lot more of that in ESO before some of the caves caves collapse going into Skyrim, the game. Mm-hmm. because so much time has passed but they were much more open originally before some of the cave networks kind of collapsed in and sectioned themselves off and stuff like that um you could see that they were just like straight up settlements that they had constructed on underground and it's like done in the darkness so they have the advantage against any prey who literally uses sight to try to get around it's like uh, they're at the advantage when you're underground and you've got that weird ambient glow that stuff like black reach has where it's just like that bluish purple type of coloring that comes out of all the rocks and the geodes and stuff like that but using that to light your way is a lot different than just like okay well i don't need to rely on sight like just pitch black is totally fine with me because i I'm sensing where you are based on your sound, where you don't know how to attack me if you can't see me. Yeah. So they yeah. become kind of the predators in that area instead of the prey. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of a creepy thing. It's one of those things that like if I were younger when I played the game for the first time, I probably would have been a little bit more creeped out going de- down into the depths <laughs> and coming across these guys, you know, as as opposed to playing it as an adult. Um the other thing I really like about them is the design of like the armor and the 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 way that they're using again the materials of like the shells and the the pieces of things that they they get. And I always found it odd that like by the time I was exploring Dwemer ruins and then exploring Falmer locations and those kinds of things in the game, oftentimes the the armor and the weapons from the Falmer were some of the better things I could find just out in the world. So I'd end yeah. up having to use them. And then I yeah, always felt weird. And they're just very heavy. Right. And then uh, even the, the helmets even occlude the eyes. So yeah. I remember feeling like this is so weird to be walking into like <laughs> a village. Into right. With this like Falmer armor on. Like I look like an like a weirdo. Like, Hello, fellow humans. <laughs> right? Like, what is going on? It's so weird. I remember that just that phase of the game for a few hours, just wearing some of that gear before I found better gear and leveled up, being just like, This is really weird, but it's the best thing I have right now. So I guess yeah. I'm just going with it. It's it is. It's it's actually like a pretty decent mid-tier type of weapon and armor the the problem is like i had mentioned it's very very heavy um which which is kind of interesting because it's 
aesthetically it's like a weird mix between sort of almost like bone mold yeah and like chitin mm-hmm. but then it's like when you when you really look at it um it it's like it almost looks like when you i i don't know it it always it's probably just sort of the art style of the time uh with skyrim when it came out in 2011 but it always made me think of like when you're in art class and you have like that uh that like modeling clay uh-huh. that's what so much of their stuff looks like like, like just, their shield specifically just looks like this glob of modeling clay that somebody like pounded flat and stuck some bone fragments in and it's just like yep that this is this is my weapon there you go yep gonna bash you with this <laughs> there that's it but apparently it weighs a lot so yeah well it makes sense i mean you're, yeah. you're using the Bones carapace of light. giant insects in order to, right. <laughs> to you know, yeah exactly guard yourself and yeah yeah creepy creepy stuff i love these guys i think that they're really cool and i love that there's more to it and eventually you find out more about the story and the the relation to the ancient snow elves and we'll have to do a lot of that stuff on its own episode where we can yeah, dig we'll more into snow, well a, a, an ancient Falmer episode as opposed to, you know, the current Falmer. <laughs> right. And the snow elf, the ancient snow elf that you get to meet and all of the events that yes. go with that. So we'll, we'll save that stuff for another episode. But we need to take a quick break. We're going to thank our patrons and then I'm going to be back because I want to read from you another one of the books. So this has been fun reading one of the books at the end of the episode. So we'll do a, the break and we'll be right back. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode this is hamish morak Dragon Boy, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This week we've got a bunch of new patrons. We got to welcome some new people. We have Thomas B, Ron Carr, AMR198, Eric P, and Grant signing up on the Patreon. Welcome to the patreon i'm so glad you're here i hope you are enjoying the bonus episodes and all the extra stuff that you can get over there the ad free episodes and all of that if you're interested in joining us go to patreon.com slash elder scrolls lorecast and check out all the different tiers if you sign up as a tier four or higher this week you'll get to join us on the chat episode which is just one week away. It is currently the 20th as we record this on Thursday night live on Twitch and on the 27th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, we will be meeting with our patrons to discuss something. And I think it would be really cool to talk about creepy stuff again. 
It's I always like creepy stuff and maybe come at it from a different angle. But patrons, jump on the Discord. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have some ideas of things that we could discuss next week and what you guys want to talk about. And also, I don't say this enough. If you're still somebody who's catching, like if this is in the future and you're like, I've got another hundred episodes to go before I catch up, I'll join them then. A lot of times people put that off. They put off joining the Patreon in order to wait till they've listened to everything. You don't need to have listened to everything. It's totally cool. We would rather just get to meet you and have you join us. So don't worry about that. And on top of it, if you sign up for the Patreon now instead of later, you don't have to listen through all the ads because you'll have all the ad-free episodes. So that's the way it's designed that way. So you don't have to actually wait till you get through the 200 plus episodes before you you can come join us. So go check that out. And thank you to thank you to our new patrons. Also, thank you to all. We're at 111 right now. 111 patrons and our three Daedric Princes, Dylan A., Kira C., and Noodle Al Dente. Thank you for your support. Very much appreciated. And we have a new review. This one came in on Apple Podcasts. So if you leave a five-star rating and a review, I'll read it out on a future episode. This one says, Best TES Podcast Out There by Exhale the Hammer X. Hail the Hammer uh, in the U.S. And they write, This is the most well-put-together and engaging podcast out there. And it top and to top it off, it's full... <laughs> man, I can't read. It's full <laughs> of so much lore and digestible information about TES. This is my go-to, and it's the only one I can watch over and over without getting tired of it. Keep up the great work, and thank you. And they mentioned Watch Here. I wonder if they're watching the YouTube version of the show, which... Well, I'm glad they enjoy it. Has a small... ability to read the review. <laughs> but a <laughs> small, but a little, you know, quaint little audience over there. Hey, it's it's why it's there. I was going to say, just keeping it available for however people like to check it out, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and listen to me stumble over words. So, yeah. thank you to so much, Hail the Hammer, and everybody else for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Alright, let's move on with the rest of the show. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. So when we were prepping for this episode, I told Lotus, I was like, hey, Lotus, I want to read another story. There's one I want to read about the Falmer. And he's like, I think I know which one it is. Yes, this is a good one. This one is called Ghosts in the Storm. It's also an inspiration for a bit of the little intro thing I did. Yeah. Ghosts in the Storm by Adonato Leotelli, author's tale of his encounter with the Falmer. For many years now, I have traveled the length and breadth of Skyrim, writing of my experiences and my adventures. I have seen many wondrous sights and many strange creatures in my travels, but one encounter remains fixed in my memory, though I wish it were not. I had taken up traveling with one of the Khajiit trade caravans that crisscrossed Skyrim, peddling their wares outside the gates of the large cities. By the way, this just occurred to me. Wouldn't it make sense for the, the Khajiit come from like a hot desert land? But uh-huh. man, it's got to be beneficial to have all that fur in the cold north. Oh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a double win. Yeah. Double win. Yeah. Always play a Khajiit in Skyrim. Anyway, going on. Uh, we were nearing Windhelm, which, by the way, I didn't mention in the first part of the show the slaves that the former slaves of the dwemer actually helped build windhelm it's another funny little lore oh tip. yeah that's actually a good little side a little side note I don't know. part of why it's i think it's included in this story is because 
it's relevant to the Falmer. Uh, so I was nearing Windhelm when the storm struck. It was a violent and terrible gale, one of the very worst I have seen in all my long years. The winds howled like all the Daedra of oblivion, and the driving snow made us blind to the world. Risad, Risad, I suppose would be his pronunciation in Khajiit voice, called a halt and we staggered from the road. Our hands held over our faces to ward off the stinging pellets of ice. We huddled together in the shelter of a corpse of pines. There was no hope of raising our tents. The wind would tear them from our hands the moment we unpacked them. They struck at the height of the storm. There was there were perhaps half a dozen of the creatures. It was difficult to say as the blowing snow and howling wind overwhelmed our sight and our hearing. And like Lotus has mentioned, that's not a problem. Well, at least the sight part for the Falmer. Yeah. So that's a, that's a one way problem for this situation. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They were roughly man sized, but hunched over and ugly. For garments, they were only rags and leathers. They were armed with daggers and swords and various kinds no doubt scavenged from their previous victims. They had no noses to speak of, only long slits for nostrils. Their ears were sharply pointed, suggesting a distant kinship with the elves. With their pallid skin and lifeless black eyes, oh yeah, the, like the little, like, like, most of the time they've just got that, like, what looks like skin over the eyes, but some of them do look like they've just got, like, black. Yeah, beady little black eyes. It's just like, they don't even look around, they're just kind of there, right? Um, they seemed like something out of a nightmare. Bisha saw them first, but too late to save herself. So loud was her death cry. We heard it over the roaring winds. That cry saved us all. Alerted to the presence of our foes, the Khajiit drew their blades and formed a circle, facing outward. The white fiends were too few to surround us completely, and the Khajiit fended off each attack. After three of the snow devils had fallen, the rest fell back and did not come at us again. The storm abated, and we arrived in Windhelm the next morning. I have taken up residence in Candlehearth Hall, and I find I'm quite comfortable behind the towering stone walls of the city. Comfortable, at least until I go to sleep and visions of those awful creatures return to haunt my dreams. Spooky stuff. This idea of these mm -hmm. like creatures just coming out of the snow, and you have no idea where they're from, no idea of like the complexity of their history, or even their community groups. Like... These aren't just beasts in the wild. Right. And it, it's one of those things since originally they were so much just like an underground race after all these years. It's interesting that in the time of Skyrim, they've started to become they've started to come surface side. And it, it's like, is there more of a reason they're starting to come surface side? Or is it just, you know, because it's not even just like just barely outside some of the caves some of them have strayed pretty far out it's like maybe they're as a whole they've decided you know that, that's enough being down here maybe maybe it's time to see if we can reclaim the surface yeah if you think about the reasoning for doing it they have the food they need they have all of the resources that they need underground in fact they're very well designed at this point or evolved or devolved to live in the tunnels and the caves that they live in They've got food, they've got community, they have everything they need. Why risk the surface where they're at a disadvantage unless there's right. some sort of greater purpose? So the other thing that I, I it's not really ever addressed anywhere. Um, and ironically enough, this 
situation of of them kind of attacking in the snowstorm is is like a weird parallel to what what i kind of want to bring up but one thing that i've always thought is an interesting just what if as they can roam out of the caves and stuff like that one of the benefits of being encased in caves or underground will give you a better sense of directional sound because it's an enclosed area Mm -hmm. sound in a giant open field is not the same as sound in an enclosed section a hall a cave you know whatever a building big a building so it's it is interesting that a lot of these things that they've kind of got as a huge advantage i'm curious actually how much of a threat they would be surface side out like actually outside it seems like they they would be somewhat limited on what they could do especially what with you know fighting them in an open field or something like that it's situation of the storm is beneficial because they have that at least to their advantage where it's like sight again is not an option and you know everybody's working on hearing at that point and at that point they they, they'll have you know that advantage but it, it just seems like it might be harder to use some of their newly acquired gifts as well surface side um Mm-hmm. you know yeah as as well, much the, the whoever they're up against is it, it like let's say they go out of their caves on a sunny day yeah they are now going up against nords or whatever race who now has the ability of sight and they don't so even if they could like in the distance hear them and focus on where they are at a distance with their ears they still don't have the ability of sight so somebody could sneak up behind them. Right. They, they, they wouldn't even have a sense of being able to organize in, say, rows for, you know, like warfare tactics because they they just aren't organized like that. And they, you have to be able to see in order to line up in a row. Right. It's very hard to hear your way into your place in, in a row. <laughs> like That doesn't really right. work. So it seems like the heightened qualities of hearing and smelling and those kinds of things work in a more confined space because there's less room to move around but would also be beneficial in like a storm or in the middle of the dark like they are designed not for massive groups of siege warfare the way that the nords could do things but as guerrilla forces coming out when it's disadvantageous to whoever they're attacking so I would imagine a force of Falmer organizing and taking on the Nords of Skyrim would be like bandits showing up late in the night. Like imagine if, a, if the city of Markarth was sieged through tunnels that come up into Markarth and then a bunch of Falmer come out at night while most people are asleep. And even the guards with their torches would be at a disadvantage because these things could hear them, hear the the crunching of the torches, hear the clanking of the guards' boots, and then maybe take them out before they're able to respond and then break into homes, kill people in their sleep, all of that kind of stuff, too. So I would imagine that this would be much more. It's almost like a bunch of ninjas (laughs) taking on people in the darkness, right? Rather than, you know, showing up and saying like, we challenge the Nords to war and then marching like a thousand strong in big lines with spears. (laughs) And, you know, like, I don't think they're going to do that, but a coordinated effort across a major region of Skyrim where they take out all the villages 
all at the same time in different places would be extremely scary. Uh, right. You just constantly have that like looming fear of random attacks, basically. Right. From an from an enemy that you kind of don't really have a lot of understanding of because they've just been so sectioned off for so long. Right. And, and they're living underneath like, you. It's not like there's a safe place to go because they could just come out of another hole in the ground as far as you know. Yeah. That's just, it's frightening. It's like when you think about the way that that would work, like. Yeah, they're literally just this looming threat just hovering in the darkness, essentially. Right. Like, have you ever had a creature in your yard that you didn't want that burrowed in the ground? Like a possum or something like that, right? drives me mad right now imagine that that thing's man-sized and there are a few more dozen of them down there and they mm-hmm. they'd be happy to just murder you and take all your stuff yep that's very scary that's very unnerving <laughs> that's very unnerving it's one thing to deal with like a possum in your backyard it's another to be like uh <laughs> farmer <laughs> mm. that's rough it's yeah. rough so that's why i think that these guys are scary and i think that they're kind of a fun a fun thing anything else you want to bring up about about the Falmer before we wrap up the episode? Um, not really. I think we kind of covered a lot of it. Like, like we had mentioned, we're going to do something separate, um, on, on like the snow elf version of them and their ancient form, because I, I, although they are the same, they are just like a literal different version of it. They feel better as two separate things. Um, and you can look I, at it from a different perspective. I want to I want to look at the world from the perspective of the Falmer in this one. And to see the world from the perspective of the ancient snow elves is a very different kind of thing. Very much so. Um, and, and it's yeah, actually Rob has a great analogy. It's the, the, like the, the Chimer and the Dunmer. It's like, well, OK, yeah technically yes like but it's it's a different scenario and it very much feels that way especially because over time and after all of this so very much has changed with them and they really are essentially unrecognizable yeah yeah uh do you think last question do you think we're going to see more falmer in elder scrolls 6 I would be surprised if we do, because they do seem like they're relatively confined to the Skyrim region. For but the what about part. what about like if we get Hammerfell and we get like mountains that are on the border with Skyrim, Sno- like Snow Peak type of thing? Mm-hmm. Maybe. But um, so it's, it's interesting you say that, because, again, the only place uh, with the current most recent active game uh, being Elder Scrolls Online, when we did the skyrim expansion specifically western skyrim we did encounter more Falmer and the chorus and like all this stuff and it wasn't really surface side it was actually uh, you know under underground it was when you went to blackreach so it would be interesting to see if we're in that type of region again is there more of a reason to why they're coming surface side yeah yeah. There's no real guarantee that there isn't. Um, so I'm not really too sure if we would see them again with a more advanced, like, is there like an actual plot to them coming surface side or are they literally content down in the 
you know, underground and then just some bandit groups come up and like just mug people for the sake of it type of deal. Sure. It's it's hard to tell. So I, I don't, I don't know. And that's assuming that any of us are, you know, around. still around by the time <laughs> Elder Scrolls six comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Or the one after that, if maybe they show yeah. that one at that point, maybe we've devolved into Falmer. So who knows? Yeah. Here's what, okay. I lied. One more question. All right. One more question. Right. So, there is speculation. I did a video about this on my, my YouTube channel. Go check out Robots Radio on YouTube. I do YouTube things. In fact, I do have these hilarious Skyrim VR videos where I'm doing ridiculous things like petting the horses, actually petting the horse and, and some ridiculous. Go check that stuff out. But anyway, that's not why I brought this up. Um, there is rumor that Starfield will have ray tracing. So like RTX ray tracing light and you can ray trace other stuff too, but mostly game devs use it for light so if they build into the engine the ability to do ray tracing and actually model the bouncing of light in a room or on a starship from a star or through a cave okay what if elder scroll 6 takes more advantage of ray tracing technology and from a sound perspective and can do it from a sound like what if you could bounce the actual like your footfall sounds are modeled and bounce through the cave and make the Falmer aware of where you are. Or creatures that can see, like the Charis, I assume they can see, um, can see the light cast from the spell in your hand or your torch, and that's what clues them into you being nearby. Even if you're sneaking and you can't, they can't quite see you in that moment, they can see the the extent of the light that you're casting yeah that just like in a real situation wild tech right wouldn't that be amazing but like that would be what but the, uh, this is one of those things point, that like, like it go ahead go ahead go ahead. Go, go go it would just be it that would be i mean again that that is if something like that would be like hyper ambitious but it would lead to some if you were willing to mess with it and i mean bethesda sort of kind of does stuff that's pretty neat uh, sometimes you can tell it's just screwing with their own tech stuff sure. more than. But they so love they love systems cool. on top of systems on top of right. systems. It would be kind of cool if you could throw stuff, yeah, or like fire an arrow and get them to look another way, so that you can shank them in the back or something. Right. Like and you that. can kind of like, do that. Like you can do that in the game now. You can shoot an arrow if you're if you're hidden and you shoot an arrow and it hits a wall. People will go, "What's that?" And they'll go look at where the arrow landed. Right. Like that does happen, and. There is there is some of that that works, but one of the, one of the complaints about games like Skyrim is that like the sneaking isn't very realistic. You get real good at it, and you can stand right in front of somebody in the light, well, and an they RPG. can't even well, they I can't mean, even that's... see you, right? But uh, yeah, it's a video game. What if what if you actually had the bouncing of the light, and so it wasn't just like are you standing in the shadow part of the room? Are you crouching? You know, what if it was actually modeled? So that like you knew if the thing goes, oh, there you are, they see you like and you were to play that back and somehow pan the camera around from the other side that like your shoulder is sticking out or that like you walked into the cave and you had your torch out and the torchlight bounced off of a few walls down a corridor and into the main room. And then people in the main room saw the light, just like you would in a freaking regular room. Like if I walked into your house with a flashlight and I shined it at your windows, you'd be like, who's outside my house shining that flashlight? Right. Well, the thing that I always do find interesting when you relate this stuff to it being a video game and an RPG where it's like normally 
okay, I'm holding said torch. Mm-hmm. The better you get at sneak, it's kind of hard to con- you know conceptualize. I'm getting it better at hiding me holding this torch. Right. To be so you would sneak. have to put the torch away. Right. And then, then like, on top of that, you could you like any of the lights in the room. Like remember those thief games? Like you could put out the lights and then you would uh, actually yeah. and in the thief games they would model like you're standing in a shadow and then you're like visibility meter would drop because you were standing in the shadow but what if it was actually modeled in a way where like like you're standing in the shadow but like your shoulder is like there's still light hitting your shoulder the ray trace light is hitting your shoulder and it knows it knows that the light is hitting your shoulder it's not about being in the right spot in the room it's about actually physically taking cover in a way that works in reality I mean, it's probably more meticulous than you would need to do, but it's it, the oh, idea I, of that kind sure, of tech is sure. really cool. I know what you mean by the idea of it. The only thing is, like, I'm trying to think of how to gamify that in a way. Like, that would make sense in a game where you have a standard level of, okay, I need to hide or whatever. Mm-hmm. But unless they were to remove the concept of sneaking or something like that, it seems like how would you necessarily have a system where you could get better or worse at sneaking unless you were more maybe you aware. get awareness of, of how much of where the light is on your body right right like maybe it's like maybe you, you get a visual representation like what, what if you get a visual representation on like the bottom right side of this when you go into crouch it's like you're aware your knee is currently very right. vi- very right. visible just like if, if you were to kind of walk into a room with a bright light and you're trying to hide behind a pillar and you would like look around and you'd, you'd look at the way the shadow was cast from that pillar and then you would right. stand in a way that in your body wasn't lit by any of the light coming past the pillar so it would it would almost become like an, a bonus to your awareness of your hiding as opposed to yeah. I'm bad at sneak so I'm literally a giant very loud like <laughs> right light post right <laughs> and but, then I become darkness itself <laughs> yeah but on, on top of it, it would be sound too because the sound would echo through the hallway so if you're stomping around in iron boots then you've got more of an awareness of like how far that sound is actually getting in front of you sure you know that kind of thing i, I don't i I'm, again i'm not a, de- a game dev by any means and uh, you know i've i don't it's know an how. interesting idea you wouldn't want it to be too complex to the point where it would make the game not fun but there might well, that, be fun yeah, ways a line i would imagine sure. you've got a kind of skirt but there might be fun ways to work the tech in that make it kind of more interesting yeah i don't know that's just just a, it's the it's the infant well, baby of a thought so new to being common it's interesting to think of what people might end up doing with it down the line right as it becomes more readily adopted right right and by the time we get something like an elder scroll 6 it's going to be like four five six years from now we might even have another series of consoles out better ray tracing capabilities a bunch of new graphics cards by then and it might be one of the things you can turn on, turn off. But if you turn it on, then you know that when the like Rob says in chat, the seeing eye dog Charis saw the light cast from your your torch. It's because, right. oops, I didn't put my torch away. It, it That light bounced two or three rooms ahead of me and the Charis thought hey, there's something over there. So it came to look. Sure, sure. So I don't know. Could be Interesting fun. Interesting thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Chat uh, and uh, listeners, let us know what you think. Join us on the Discord. Send us messages on Twitter. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Lotus, you got anything else going on? 
Um, we announced our extra life date coming up. Uh, we finally got it all ironed out. We're going to be streaming for the extra life charity and the children's miracle network hospitals on December the 3rd. So starting to prep all of that stuff up, uh, getting in touch with, uh, Zoss and the unofficial elder scrolls pages to organize some giveaways and incentives for people for helping out with the charity marathon. Uh, so that's like our, our big thing that I'm very excited to get kind of like started because it's been a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, other than that, just, uh, recorded tales. The episode actually came out earlier today and, uh, just kind of continuing stuff on, uh, my YouTube youtube where we're covering more dungeons uh we're, we're actually uh, as of tomorrow when i release uh spindle clutch 2 we will be done every base game dungeon and some of the dlcs so wow if you're interested in the storylines to these dungeons and the elder scrolls online but don't have a group don't want to make another character to redo it anything like that that's why they're there they're just storyline playthroughs uh not really anything beyond that and uh i started daggerfall the elder scrolls 2 daggerfall which is interesting um (laughs) Yeah, with the uh, the Unity version, right? With so I based on everyone's suggestions, I I am doing the Unity version. Um and honestly, uh after about 3ish hours of gameplay from stream, it's really fun. Um Yeah. It's, yeah, I played it's real ahead of its time. I played maybe uh, an hour is, of it and yep. eventually got out of that first dungeon. Okay, yeah. And then traveled across a good swath of a continent. Even though uh-huh. the continent is huge, it's comically large. Like <laughs> it's, I, it's ridiculous. I, it, it's it's comically large. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was I was impressed for you know for it being such an old game and you know, the limitations of the graphics and things like that. Also, the weird sure. the weird scaling of things, like the distances of between buildings and a town, are just odd. You know, sure. But, so, but then there's some features where it's like one of the things that blew my mind was uh, the the ability to climb like as a skill climbing mm-hmm. is a skill mm-hmm. you can literally just climb everything you're just a spider monkey yeah it's like uh that zelda game that came out yeah years back. yeah so yeah. i'm just like oh i just i i gotta kill some time i'll just climb this building and just wait up here for a little while <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's been pretty enjoyable so far and substantially either i made a shockingly good character or i'm pretty lucky so far or it's <laughs> or... not quite as brutal as the Elder Scrolls One Arena and Battlespire. Although I've been told that it's basically equal difficulty, so I don't know if I've just been lucky so far. It's, it's yeah. hard to hard to tell so far. Um, but I'm I'm certainly. <laughs> Rob's asking know. if I, the enemies can climb. I don't think they can, but no, I don't know for they sure. do not seem like they can. Although they are horrible at night and come out and beat the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> so I'm definitely excited to play some more of it. I've, I'm surprised how much I enjoyed my first few hours with the game. Awesome, and people can check that out on the Lotus of Doom. You, uh, yeah, Twitch so I, I'm channel. streaming it. I won't be playing it off stream, just like I did with the others. I'm going to do the entire playthrough live uh and then i will upload the vods to youtube which is just lotus of doom as well on youtube and unlike the other ones that i had done i'm actually breaking them into more reasonable episodes so Mm. hopefully they'll be a little more watchable just for people's convenience um just because people had requested to have an on-demand version Mm -hmm. of them from 
the previous two playthroughs because these are not super commonly played games and they're pretty rough to go back to if you don't have a lot of patience um yeah so the fact that people are interested in this i want to make it so that people can check out as much as they would like with it so i'm trying to keep them like hour hour and a half chunks even if i have like a five hour stream i'll break it into pieces and release it like that for people so it's a little more watchable hopefully apparently the first two episodes are better than how it had previously been done so hopefully that that will continue forward i'll just do minimal editing for them that's great awesome awesome yeah go check that out if you're interested uh always always a good time to watch lotus uh torture himself and uh <laughs> so i hear <laughs> it's always, always good always good fun and um i've got all my stuff all the shows on the network robotsradio.net uh, a bunch of other stuff there and my stream over at twitch.tv slash robots radio where i'm doing some wacky skyrim and fallout vr, VR stuff, stuff is very entertaining with, so far have, have you seen the videos uh, yeah yeah i watched i watched the one you posted uh in discord uh-huh. there's a the uh, second were, one i think i haven't seen the yes. second one yet i saw yeah. i saw the first one with the barbus thumbnail because you were looking for input on the thumbnail yeah. idea yeah so i've that, changed that's the, the thumbnails so far i'm playing the i'm playing the youtube game where i keep changing the thumbnails and the titles to see if i can increase the click-through rate is that it yeah, works screw with it, it absolutely it works really well, yeah. it's funny because I actually I might pick your brain a little after the show. This is like super behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I was going to say, because uh, as I say, like you're the reason I, I actually love my title screen for the Dungeon Tales series. You just like punched one up. Um, I got to do something for the live stream things. Like I need like some type of cover art okay. for these rather than literally just I take the least awkward looking still frame that YouTube suggests. I'm like, good enough. And I throw that up. Right. I think right. I do actually want to do one for the series, each of the series. Dude, so I might I've got an idea. I've got that. an idea for you. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll talk all later. Right. We'll talk yeah. later. But yeah, go check out all our stuff. We put lots of content out there. We hope you guys enjoy yeah. it. That's why we do Hopefully it. Hopefully it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's fun. And um, let us know what you think. Uh, but that's it for this episode. We'll be back next week with our patrons and maybe some of our new patrons we're just gonna have to find out and make sure to send us some thoughts over on the discord and the patron channel and uh that's it for this week thanks for tuning in everybody have a good week stay safe out there we'll see you next time see everybody thanks for joining us we'd love to hear from you you can reach me on twitter at robots underscore radio or lotus of doom at lotus of doom also you can join us on the robots radio discord channel you can easily just search robots radio discord on google or check the description underneath the podcast also this podcast is recorded live every week on thursday nights 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific on the robots radio channels on twitch youtube and on facebook so just search robots radio on any of those platforms Come join us. We'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after. Either way, just come hang out with us. And if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the Robots Radio Network, go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network, including the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where I help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows, build their audiences, and create the best podcast they possibly can. All of that at robotsradio.net. We'll see you next time.